Welcome to the Dames Who Dish podcast. Rit, thank you for joining me. You're gracious enough to fill in for my friend Gina while she is gone. Yeah. You're, you're the only one that she said could fill in. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've been trying to drive a wedge between both of you all this time <laughs> so that I could take over for whichever one fell away. And unfortunately, that was Gina. So Also, your audio is the best, so that helps. Okay, but it's also because of me, right? It's also, like it's all, of course, it's because of you. We've realized that when one of us is gone, we pick up with you. You're our gossip person that we send the stupid shit to when each other is gone. So enjoy. All right. Well, I think I like to think of it more as um, journalism, but we can call it gossip. (laughs) I would not have wanted to do this with anyone else. Dan will be joining me for the shows that you don't watch. So I appreciate you filling in and talking crap with me. I can't do this by myself. Can't just talk and nobody talk back. I don't know how people do that. I know. I know. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So let's start with just what we're watching. What's going on this week? Did you pick up Dancing with the Stars that premiered last night. So I watched Ariana's performance and I saw a snippet of Mauricio rehearsing. And so that was enough of that. But man, Ariana really just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I thought she was amazing. They also saved her till the end. That's how Mm -hmm. fucking popular she is. Ariana went last. They always put the biggest pool last so you'll watch the entire fucking stupid show. That's okay. Yeah, that makes sense because I have to say, I think the lineup is pretty interesting this year. I don't normally watch because like with Bachelor and Dancing with the Stars, they're they're, like sections of it are so fun, but there's so much filler in the middle. It just feels like kind of a slog to get through. But I liked watching. I mean, I might tune in now because I really liked her, her performance. The best way to watch Dancing with the Stars is taping it and going past the Greg Brady's, the Mira Sorvino, although she did pretty well. There's too many contestants in the beginning, and they always do a dance, do a commercial, do a dance, do a commercial. It's like, do a few dances, please. So just tape it, watch it later, fast forward. But Mauricio was in the bottom two. He was pretty bad. Who else? Wait, and who else was in the bottom two? Well, the other guy went home, and I don't know who he is. He's a comedian and does commercials. I've seen him. I don't know his name offhand. He's one of those is character Is he the guy actors. with the mustache? Yes. Does he have like... Okay, so he actually was not going to be on the show because of the, the strikes. And I think because of the writer's strike, basically at the last minute... Which I was like, but was he rehearsing the whole time? And maybe that's why he was, if he was bad, I assume if he went home, maybe he wasn't rehearsing because of the strike. And so he just like joined at the last minute. I'm not sure if that was Matt Walsh. That's his name. But wait, why couldn't he do this? It's a reality show. I don't know. I I mean, there's so many complicated rules. And sometimes like, even though it's a reality show, it's still some of these folks who are a little more high profile, I guess, want to show solidarity. So I understand um, that. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. He was a little bitter at the end. Normally, people that are out early are just like, okay, thank you for the opportunity. It was fun. He was a little pissed, and rightfully so. He wasn't as bad as they made him seem. He wasn't. He did the steps. I think Mauricio was actually worse. And I think people said that, um, who's the model guy? Tyson Hmm. Beckford. Oh, Tyson Beckford. I missed him, but apparently he was horrible also. So Charity, who was The Bachelorette last season, she's on. And, of course, she was a professional cheerleader for, you know, 30 years. Just kidding. Maybe 
10 years. But still, she has a good amount of dance background. They always act like it's so different, which it probably is. Cheerleading is probably much different than ballroom dancing. But you still have the basics down. Well, this was like when they had Jojo Siwa on and she made it like, that doesn't that defeat the purpose? She's a literal dancer. (laughs) They seem, it's like when they have the ice skaters on, they're fucking dancing on ice. What's different? It's harder to do it on ice than it is in the dance floor. And they always win. They're always so shocked that the ice skaters win. No shit they're going to win. I used to ice skate by uh, putting, wearing socks and, sliding across the hardwood floor when I was a kid. So I'm also a dancer (laughs) professionally. (laughs) Well, I was a cheerleader in high school, so me too. (laughs) You were a cheerleader? I was. And proud of it. And a song girl. We called it a song girl. And we did the dances in the middle at halftime. Wow, so you had to be all like peppy and oh. the, the pom-poms and I, all that. I mean, does this surprise you? That's true. Well, there is, because you do love, like with TV shows and stuff, you love the sort of like high school-y Oh my God, romance. yes. So that was your golden era. Oh, you're, see, Rit, you I'm fucking figured me out. I peaked in high school. That's why I love no, these not, high school <laughs> things so well. That's not what I meant. I didn't say peaked. I just said golden era. But I did. I guess. I, did. I guess that does sound like peaked, huh? <laughs> So you mentioned JoJo. Yeah. Have you picked up Special Forces? No. You know, that kind of um, screaming in the face, military, hardcore stuff is Not pretty for much you? opposite <laughs> yeah, of everything I like. <laughs> but uh, again, I'll, I'll catch the clips on TikTok. But why? Should I see her specifically? Um, well, I she's on it. I had Dan watch that with me. He was like, I don't I don't want to see this. He The same with him. He's like, I don't, I don't like the screaming. But here's the Tara Reid. Is in it? Yeah. I think just the first episode, it's worth it to watch Tara Reid. First off, she's 47 years old and she is acting like she's 87 and like, oh, people are wondering where I've been. And she sneaks (laughs) in three packs of fucking cigarettes. They find it. They're like, okay, can you empty your pockets? We think we saw you put them in your pockets. Three packs of cigarettes. And she's doing special forces. This is intense workouts she weighs probably 87 pounds her head weighs 10 because of all the stuff yeah yeah. she has she does have as mary mary cosby would say bobblehead yeah she does she's got the bobblehead i um you know that i made a short film a few years ago and i put out like a casting notice for it and tara reed submitted to it i didn't take it like oh tara reed wants to do i think she kind of just her people or whoever submit to everything but in my head i was like could I fit her in? Because that would be such a good story. But I was spending so much money on this thing. I was like, I cannot. I, if it was like kind of like a silly thing that I was spending like a hundred bucks on, like sure, just for the story, right? But I was like, I can't. I think bring the Tara Reed the sad this. part about Tara Reed is she's not in on the joke, and so it's hard. It's actually a little sad. Yeah, it is sad. But it's kind of exciting at the same time because these guys are very confused. <laughs> they're very confused by why she's even there. They pull her aside. They're like, what are you doing here? And they're being nice. Yeah. Like, why do you want to be here? And she's like, I just want to prove that I'm something more than American Pie. It's like, fucking American Pie. How how old was she? 19? Yeah. At this stage, if you haven't proved that, I think... You know, I mean, didn't I Sharknado gotta, didn't Sharknado do that for her? Didn't she prove yeah, have you what a the, great actress she was? 
have you heard that famous Jenny McCarthy interview with the two of them? And they like, Tara like storms off because she's like, oh, well, I hope you stop getting plastic surgery. She's like, thanks. I hope you uh, get your face fixed. Oh, thanks. It's like this passive aggressive. No and then Tara Reid just like storms out. It's the funniest thing ever. Oh, shit. Yeah, you got to look it up. Is that yeah. how, how many years ago was that? I don't think it's that long ago. But basically, like, I guess Tara Reid was really insulted by the plastic surgery question. And she's like, oh, you brought that up a hundred times already. Well, anyway, I hope you don't get divorced again. It's just like this really, oh, it's, you got to find it. I'll send it to you. I know. Like I said, I mean, it's, I like competitive things like that. I don't care if they're getting screamed at. Tom Sandoval, of course, is in it. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, he's just weird. He's weird. He's a weird fucking dude. He's a weird dude. Someone I know once, I have a Tom Sandoval story, actually. Someone I know once, before Tom was on Vanderpump Rules, he was like a friend of a friend and they all went out partying. And he was a former coworker of mine and he woke up in the middle of the night to use the restroom and all night Tom Sandoval was going on and on about how to sleep like you're in a burrito and how to wrap the blanket like you're in a burrito. And my friend is like, I woke up to pee and sure enough, there he was on the floor wrapped in a burrito blanket, <laughs> passed out. So he's always been just an odd fellow. I think he got away with being a little like unique and different. But he's, yeah. I think he's just fucking weird. So let's talk about what came out today is Tom Sandoval is going to have a podcast and he announces it the fucking day after Ariana is on Dancing with the Stars. Please. I have to say every time a podcast comes out, I'm just like, why am I surprised by this? But I'm always surprised. Everybody has one now. All of these, you know, celebrity types, like the fact that Heidi and Spencer just started one is so weird to me. Didn't he have one for a long time? Maybe not. Was it just, no, he I, did, he did a YouTube or Snapchat or something like that. Remember he was really yeah. big. Was that, I think he was Snapchat. Oh, maybe. Gosh, I forgot about Snapchat. Yeah. But this Tom Sandoval thing, I mean, I'm not sure. So I, I texted you like a couple of months ago, I saw him filming at a bar nearby and he was filming with Kyle Chan. And I think like at this point, there's like nobody left for him to film with. So who is going to come on the podcast, if anyone, maybe it's just him the whole time, which I'm sure he would love. What is the podcast? Like, what is it yeah, going to be? what was it called? Oh, it's like Everybody everybody Loves Tom, right? Is yeah. that what it's called? I mean, the sad part is it's going to be number one because we're all going to tune in to see what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, but that's not going to last for very long. <laughs> okay, a few things. Um, me and Dan, you know, we have to pick a show that we're watching together and we were searching. We found one, FUBAR. I'm embarrassed. The Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Doesn't that isn't um Fortune Jeff Feimster. Lewis, the comedian Fortune Feimsters in it, right? How is it? It is campy, it's silly, it's mildly entertaining, and it's it's so it's... stupid that we are enjoying it. Yeah, it sounds like a recommendation to me. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Where if it's can great. we find it? It's on Netflix. Okay. It's way down the list on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um I actually wanted to recommend if nobody saw Trixie Motel, which is uh, Trixie Motel from Salt Lake, who's been on the last couple of weeks. You know that beautiful pink motel in Palm Springs. Uh, the show Trixie Motel it's on HBO or now Max, and it's about how Trixie turned a rundown old motel into that pink motel. Pink. That's like the origin story. Oh, I'll yeah, have to watch. I love that. Palm Springs. Yeah, I love Palm Springs. I'll we'll get into it during Salt Lake, but I recognize some of the places they were at. I, oh, I excellent! Yeah, that's kind of one of your stomps is Palm Springs. I would say it's my only stomp because <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just it's 
it, maybe it's my tourist nature, but once I find a place I like, that's it. I'm not one to be like, let me explore a new location because <laughs> what if it sucks? I can't risk that. Oh God, Dan, that's all we do is explore new locations. I know, but that's great. You Checking guys are boxes. so, I'm envious of that kind of energy. You'll get there when you're our age, maybe you'll do that. <laughs> we're afraid our energy will leave us. So, we, you know, we're doing all we can. Um, I did pick up the first episode of Below Deck because there was nothing on last night and I just put it on in the background. It's really hard for me to watch Captain Sandy. I It's horrible, but I have a hard time when she's the captain. Well, especially after leaving Captain Jason. I mean, what did I text you last night? Shit. It, he just defies so good looking. logic. Gina said she saw him. She's like, he was in an ice bath the other day. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. Okay. God. Well, I'll be following him later. Yeah. Pick he him up on me, Instagram. He's got like the, yeah, he's got like the old Hollywood kind of look because he's like, he's like too cool for school, but not in like a douchey way. Not at he's all. Truly, doesn't get affected by anything. And I think the difference between him and Sandy, I haven't seen Med in a long time, but the difference between them is like, if production asks Sandy to do something for story, she's so like hokey and cheesy about it. And he still is himself when he does it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just, I can't with Captain Sandy. I know she's probably a really nice person, but I just, oh, I, don't care about that. I, I just don't like, she, I think she's boring television. I really do. And then they're going to put her on Winter House. There, that can't be. It has to be she shows up judging for a competition. There's no fucking way she is showing up and staying at Winter House. She's sober. Hey, guys. It's Winter House. Yeah, like, why are you here, lady? Like, are you <laughs> lost? <Captain> Sandy there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a few other things I want to touch on before we get into a little Love is Blind. Did you see the videos of Danielle and Lindsay where... Lindsay went to the location where I think she was supposed to have her, was it her bachelorette party in uh, the Bahamas? Supposed to be her bachelorette party, right? Oh, I thought it was where the honeymoon was supposed to be because wasn't the wedding called off like right before the wedding or no? Well, right before they had to cancel. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Was this supposed, was this supposed to be the honeymoon? When were they supposed to get married? I thought it was October. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're probably right then because so many of her friends went, so you can only assume that they probably had that time set up, set. Yeah, I think it was the bachelorette party. And I think I sent the video, the one of Lindsay walking in her little white gown or something. And you were like, Oh, yes. You you responded, it was perfect. It was like, it's falling flat. It doesn't look as fun as it's supposed to be. I think the purpose of that video was supposed to be like a fun, sexy strut. And she just kind of like, walks to the camera it's sort of like when teddy tries to do uh things with tamra like tiktok trends and it's just like oh teddy no that's kind of what it was like and of course i mean listen i'm not i mean Lindsay's beautiful and she always looks great so it's, it's not about that but it's just i guess my larger point is the way ariana sort of inspires people to rally behind her i think that's tougher with Lindsay, and you're kind of seeing it like for all the posts and stuff like you don't really see people like the way people just were so supportive of Ariana, she's a queen and all the merchandise and everything. I think it's because in this case, people are like, well, let's see what really happened. Because Lindsay's track record is being, she's sort of like very aggressive. And you know what I mean, though? Like, it's just, I'm kind of curious to see what actually went down. I also feel like people are still questioning, were they a real couple? Us included. It never felt like they had the chemistry there's reports now, I just saw something that like they had a deal with each other 
Lindsay and Carl. Was the was the deal for them to go through with it? Or no, just... it was. This is the storyline. Let's cut it off before. But it, that feels a little far fetched. Yeah, because I think he's gonna. He, someone's gonna take heat for that breakup, and it sounds like she's really pissed about it and blindsided. And I don't know why he would sign up to be the bad guy. Um, for a storyline, they had nothing. They were so fucking boring last year. And people were in. Yeah. See, people were so into them getting married. But see, I just, I can't fathom that they would go that far having wedding showers for her, and him showing up yeah. so happy. But why? Okay, so the other side of it was somebody said that he was never supposed to break up with her. Like when he pulled the cameras back up, he was just going to have a huge conversation with her. Like, let's get this all out in the open. What are we doing? Let's have a full conversation. And then it ended up in a breakup. But I also don't believe that. Because you don't have a conversation see, and then actually, break off a marriage. But see, that actually makes sense, makes a little more sense to me. Although it is weird. I, I, I need to understand why he called the cameras back up. But that's also out of Lindsay's playbook. Because my understanding is I know a couple of people in that world. And my understanding is that she is very like one eye on the show all the time. So and that was kind of we saw with Jason and that complicated story with her pregnancy. And he was you know, a little upset about how she handled it. And I certainly, I mean, that's such a sensitive topic. I don't want to, you know, accuse her of anything, but there was an element to it of she kind of prioritized the People magazine of it all before talking to him, but maybe I'm misremembering. My theory is that they both kind of really forced themselves to like make it work because they both, for her, you know, she wants to get married, she wants to have kids and she trusts him and knows him. And for him, you know, he's seeking stability as he's sober. And again, he knows her and trusts her. And so they were probably just like, I do think there was maybe a conversation of like, should we just try? But then on camera, it was played as, oh, we really have the hots for each other. I think that is a little more plausible. Like the relationship itself, it wasn't like, let's break up one day. It's let's be in a relationship like my best friend's wedding, right? If we're not married in X amount of time. So it was sort of that. It was like two buddies who are like, well, we might as well, but let's play it off that we're in love because it's too embarrassing to admit that we're marrying someone who's just a buddy because there's no one else. But why go ahead with the engagement? No, I'm saying they really were like, let's get married. Oh, okay. Like, let's be two friends who get married. But okay. I think he maybe at the last minute was like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Makes sense. And uh, there are rumors that his mother had a lot to do with it. Like, listen, you don't have to go through with this. You know, just because you yeah. proposed, you don't have to go through with it. And she seems like a very sweet lady. And I'm sure, you know, Lindsay maybe rubbed her the <laughs> wrong way a couple of times because self-aware Lindsay is not. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, it'll be interesting yeah. to play out. So what about Jen, Aiden, and Danielle being suspended after a fight on Jersey? Any reports that you have about Jersey? I don't. Jersey is one of those shows that I have actually never known anybody who's worked on it. But why is Jersey so aggressive all the time? Like, they're always just so ready to, like, rip each other's hair out. And it's not even like, ooh, I can't wait to see what happens. It's like, we know what's going to happen. It's a dumb, petty argument and they're each trying to look more badass than the other, and then they get carried away. It's like, I'm so sick of it. Uh, it's it's nothing new. Do you think the suspension is because the Bethany reckoning? Could that be part of why they suspended them? Because this has been done before. Glasses have been thrown, blood has been shed, and nobody's been suspended. That's interesting. So, yeah, because NBC Universal came out with 
sort of a new list of how they're going to deal with which, by the way, I, I saw that list and I was like, all they're saying here is like, we'll have more meetings about safety and drinking. And Bethany is like, look what I did. I burned bridges. And it's like, Bethany, I don't you didn't do anything. So I'm not sure. But I think I think that's a good point. I think because it hasn't died down yet, extra eyes are on any unusual happenings on Bravo and how they're being handled. Like, thank God the below deck situation with Margot was handled, I think, very well. But it just happened to be that in light of all the Bethany stuff, that situation played out the best way it could have, short of anyone stopping them from drinking. So I think you could be right. I think they're just on high alert. And maybe yeah. that's why they suspended them. Good. I mean, it's time. Who cares? Like, so BravoCon is five weeks away. Are they going to mm -hmm. not go to BravoCon? Now that would be a fucking suspension. If they can't show up at BravoCon, Jen Aiden loves BravoCon. Danielle probably would live for BravoCon. Well, Jen Aiden, if you recall, got into it with Joe last last year at BravoCon. Remember, they she threw something? That's right. So she's a bit of a loose cannon. And yeah, I think that would be a really solid punishment to be like you can't go to BravoCon because that's like their life force oh yeah because we're all gooing over them not us not but, not the dames but you know everybody else yes but then Teresa and Melissa I guess they're they're both on this season right yeah and people are saying that you know they're just basically filming with each other they're both there there there's no problems they just don't connect or have a relationship it's very strange what a weird season this is going to be yeah, I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what it is. Maybe they did yeah. this. I can just see Jen going, this is a sucky season. Let's get into it. They always say that Jen makes her own story. She's her own producer. Yeah, I can see that because she makes big deals out of nothing and gets hammered. Yeah. Let's touch on Love is Blind season five. I didn't even know it was starting. I barely heard anything about it. And then you messaged me and said, hey. Are you watching Love is Blind? I'm like, I didn't even know it was on. So, of course, I fucking binged the first, is it four? Yeah, four episodes are out. Thoughts, concerns? <laughs> do you, how, well, what so, are you feeling about it? I've broken it down by couples because I feel like that's the cleanest way to talk sure, about it. Yeah. So let's start from like the least interesting to the biggest story, which we know what that is. So JP and Taylor, right? JP was the american flag guy and taylor was like the school teacher and they have a really sweet connection she calls him sugar but he calls her sugar which whatever and then they meet and they just sit in this cringy silence and taylor looks at the gap in his teeth oh. and she has an interview bite and she goes well looks don't matter to me anymore oh god it's so painful so i worry for their future well he's um, a quiet guy I think it's very easy to talk through a pot. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of it. But it's also like, then you're in the situation where you see this person and then you have to propose. Then you go sit on that weird bench. <laughs> I, I can understand why it's a little awkward for them. I think he's cute, though. I think the little gap, who the fuck cares? He's a he's as good looking I mean, as she is. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, there's, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I don't remember what was in the preview for the rest of the season, but I think a lot of the drama is about him. I just remember seeing his face a lot. So Ooh. we'll see. I mean, usually these quiet guys, you know, still waters, run deep, all that. So I think there's more than meets the eye with him. Interesting. Right. So yeah. then after this, then we're kind of everyone's all related after this, because then you have Johnny who went back and forth between Izzy and Chris. She 
chose Izzy over Chris. Izzy chose Stacy, and then Johnny went back to Chris and was like, "But I actually like you <sighs> because Izzy's the safe choice." And then she told Izzy that Chris was the safe choice, and that's why she chose Izzy. And then the guys, of course, compared notes. And then Chris went back, and he's like, "Sorry, it's a no for me." I love so that. So Johnny, and then, and then Johnny's like last words was like, "Well." Izzy told me that uh, he has bad credit, which was like, she went down swinging, which was kind of awesome. She played, what do you think about Johnny? She, well, I very much disliked her. She played so hard. She was so serious, so deep. And I was so glad that Chris was her, quote, second choice, because then it made him realize that she's not the catch that she's pretending to be. But I, I was glad that that happened for him because he just seemed very sweet. And I think that she yeah. would have eaten him alive. I agree. And he told that, you know, that sad story about Mexico. I didn't I thought he was going to say that he was a virgin because he's like, oh, I told everyone. So I definitely like that's so vulnerable of him to open up with that. And I hope like he gets a chance somehow. I don't know if that's possible anymore, but, you know, it'd be nice to see him actually find love as opposed to like some of the other people who you just want to watch kind of crash and burn. I think so that, that they do. Sad, don't they all get together at some point now? Yeah, they do. At some point, you know, they have a party where all of the pod people, <laughs> are, they come. Okay, well, so speaking about that, so now when we shift to Lydia and Milton, so Lydia's a geologist, Milton is, I think, an engineer, but he kind of dabbles in geology. Did you notice there is another guy in the house or the whatever, the pod, who... We don't really know, but he's labeled also as a geologist. It's like, how many geologists are we working with here? That is odd. So what do you think of them? Well, Lydia, I listen, she so desperately wants a man. I mean, you saw she was like clasping her hands and praying deeply. I think she literally wants and she was so devastated when Izzy kind of turned her down. And I think she's really forcing it with Milton. Uh, He seems like a sweet guy. She literally had to pitch herself to him so hard. At the it was end. sad. And then she was saying like, I want you. I really want you. It was like, oh, God. And yeah. it felt very pathetic. She was two different people with Izzy and with Milton. Absolutely. Like she was really shoehorning herself into whatever type of woman she thought Milton wanted. And everything he said, she's like, I can do that for you. I'll be that person. Oh, you want to go to Argentina? I'll move tomorrow. It's just like. She was coming on really strong. And I think Milton honestly got bullied into... I think so, know. too. But then, now we're at our big story, which is this weird triangle of Uche, Aaliyah, and Lydia. Tell me, what do you think? Oh, my God. So, first off, now that we know that Uche and Lydia dated in the real world for a couple months? Is that what it was? I thought that's what it was, yeah. So, we didn't know that when Uche... He told Aaliyah... You know, you should tell Lydia that Milton not really ready for marriage or something. Remember? It was that weird thing. It was like, why would he say that? What's it like? What connection? Absolutely. Is there to Lydia? And then we find out that they fucking dated for two months in the real world. And there was this moment where right before that revelation happens, there's a scene where all the guys are sitting around the table and Uche starts to really question Milton about how he feels. And Milton is like, I don't want to talk about it. Now, I noticed this just for my editing brain, uh, Uche was not on camera for that, for whatever reason. So all of Uche's line of questioning was off camera to Milton. And they would cut back to Uche to look like he just finished talking. I've done this before to make it look like, you know, when you don't have the right footage. So I was like, what was the point of playing that if you don't have the proper camera coverage? And it's because 
they wanted to plant this they wanted to plant those weird seeds of mm. the overinvestment of Uche and Lydia in the other, you know. Well, they did so it. I, I thought, fell for it. <laughs> yeah, hello. I fell for it too. I was so shocked. But then I found the reactions to be so dramatic. It's like, okay, they dated, but there was so much heavy sobbing and like gasping for air on Lydia's part when Aaliyah told her that he just told me. But then Lydia wasn't really crying. Like Lydia does this where she sobs and makes sounds, but nothing comes out of her eyes. <laughs> so I, some of it, the, the, the drama behind it was a little lost on me. But I that moment on the couch where Aaliyah's like, you and I are, are girls, we're sisters, it's fine. And she's like, great. So by the way, his friends are like this, his dog is like this, and we just had sex in January. That scene was brilliant to me because I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And you saw Aaliyah just crumble and it was fascinating. First, I was like, Uche, you're a piece of shit for not saying anything. But then I realized, well, not really because he's not with Lydia. He could have been with her. He's not. And the process is you don't know anything about the other person or how they look or anything. And easily Lydia could have told Aaliyah. But see, Lydia wanted to be with Uche. Yeah, I believe that. But I'm going to challenge you because I do think Uche is a piece of shit because remember, he relentlessly dragged Aaliyah for the cheating. So if True. you're going to be on your moral high ground, high horse, not that the fact that he dated Lydia means that he's like morally corrupt Faye Resnick or anything, but it does speak to his hiding stuff. And she came out with her cheating. What are you hiding, buddy? That right. you literally dated her friend in the pod apartment thing. So I thought that was a little hypocritical. Well, no, I, I agree that his response to her cheating was like so overdone. She's like, it was years he ago. He's like, it was two years ago. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Listen, I am not. A, I've never been like a cheater. So my whole thing is just break up with the person. You don't have to fucking cheat. So I get yep. his stance on that. But then for him to have this secret, you know, he already knew that he he had dated Lydia and he still called Aaliyah out on all this shit. But. How did you feel when he went to the pod that day to meet Aaliyah and the it announcement was, came, we're sorry, uh, Uche, Aaliyah has left the program. I mean. I died. It was like the rug was pulled out from under me. They they really pulled that off and they have the producer voice. So I looked up like the technology behind the pods and they actually hear each other through that speaker. What do you mean? So so that that producer talked through this like McDonald's drive-through style speaker. That's how people communicate. They hear the dates. They hear each other through that speaker. Oh, really? Cuz I always wonder like, oh, when they make noise when they walk out into the hallway, don't people hear? And I think it's so soundproof that they can't even talk through the wall because it's so thick that they have to use a speaker. Oh. Yeah. But no, back to what you're saying. I think they did a great job shocking us with that. They're going to show, it looks like she's coming up in the rest of the season and they're going to talk it out. But um, I'm in. I mean, they, they totally surprised in. us by airing the show in the first place because no one knew it was coming. And then everyone went in swinging. It's it's awesome. Um, I'm always curious how many couples that get engaged, they don't show because there's always one or two couples that actually get engaged in the pods and they just don't film them because of what? They're too boring. Yeah, or because they're really in love, which I am not here to see that. <laughs> we don't want to see couples really in love. Yeah, unlike I, the Bachelorettes, I am not here for love. No, I did have Dan watch an episode so he can get the feel of what it was. And he's like, I actually like this concept of just people yep. meeting without seeing each other. And I'm like, yeah, it's a very cool concept. But the reality is 
when you see a person, it totally changes. It doesn't matter if you have a connection with them, you know, sight unseen. The minute you see them, you're like, oh, okay. It's different. Well, it's like that. It's like that British show I started watching called, I think it's called Naked Dating or something, something like that. And literally you pick a date based on like full naked anatomy. And this show is not censored and it's not blurred. And it's a bunch of British people picking each other based on their private parts. (laughs) And And it's it's, amazing. You know, it's it's amazing. It's not as, it doesn't go as deep. Like they go on a date and they're like, he really listens to me. And it's like, but that's not why you chose him. (laughs) You chose him for other reasons, which we saw. But anyway, I I digress. Okay, Rit, I would like to talk to you about a show that me and Gina love and adore, Sister Wives. Are you familiar with Sister Wives? I'm familiar with the concept. I'm familiar with all the different hairstyles. So, yes. Are you familiar with Cody Brown? Um, I, You know, I feel like technically no, but I think I also understand his vibe. I Yeah, there's not much to understand. So, Cody is the patriarch of Sister Wives. He only Mm -hmm. has one legitimate wife right now. Um, They're all leaving him slowly. So we're watching that Mm -hmm. unfold. Part of this filming that we've learned about Sister Wives is some scenes are filmed an entire year ago. Some are a year and a half ago. So we see Christmas thinking it's Christmas last year, but it's Christmas two years ago. So it's all fucked up. That explains why, because I tuned in a little to this latest episode, and it looked like it was filmed in like COVID times because the cameras were like, it was like they set up their own iPhones to film them. They did this art project for a hundred thousand minutes and it was really hard to watch. Okay. So Rit, I will explain to you that Sister Wives is extremely boring. The only exciting (laughs) thing about it is talking about it later. When you're watching it, it's like watching paint dry. I want to fast forward, but it's the nuggets of information that you learn at these little moments. So what I learned was I always was questioning, do these ladies or Cody drink? I assume they didn't because they kind of come from a fundamentalist, maybe LDS church. I'm not really sure. They branched off and made their own church, I think. Um, right. But yes, they drink. Christine drinks. I saw wine in front of her. I was very excited. So yes, she drinks. Great. And I think, hallelujah, Christine. She's the one that left Cody. Legally, he's only married to one of them. Yeah. So who is he legally married to? So Mary was the first one, the first wife. Mary is the one that I believe you said. Oh, we don't need to go over what I said. It wasn't very nice. Um, it, she just presented very sort of like manic, shall we say. Correct. Oh, right, 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 right. It was just my first impression. She just like, she just looked like really just like, you know, big eyed and big haired and blah. Like just, yeah. <laughs> I don't she know how feels to a little. She, she is very lost. So Mary is the one that sells LuLaRue. Oh. She was, was she co- catfished? Yes, she was the, cat, the one that was catfished. So she was originally married to Cody. She got divorced from Cody so he could marry the newest wife, who is Robin, who presents as sweet and innocent Robin, where now we are learning that Robin has split this family like crazy because she came in and Cody loves her the most and Cody wants to spend time with her and he has forgotten all his other wives. So it sounds better than it is. So watching it is awful. But when you talk about the history and the stories going on, it's fucking crazy. So the best part about this episode was the second wife's name is Janelle. Janelle is contemplating leaving Cody as well. Cody and her 
did not speak for six weeks. They met and she said to him, I am thinking I may want, you know, kind of a separation. We haven't spoken for six weeks. And he is utterly shocked that she wants a separation. And he's like, what? Why would you want to separate from me? But they haven't seen each other in six weeks. It doesn't matter. Not only that, he has not contacted his children with her. Because he's mad at the kids. The kids wouldn't follow COVID guidelines. And so it's a whole storyline. So he will not talk to the kids. He's a very baby man. He mm. wants to be catered to. He wants to be apologized to. He never apologizes to anybody else. He is the man of the house. You respect there's nothing, Cody. There's nothing more satisfying than seeing that kind of character like lose control of everything. And that's sort of like the Plathville appeal too is like, I like when TLC shows the fractures and things falling apart, not when they're like, let's pretend that this is normal and cute, which they also do with those other shows. Right. So this episode, Cody tells the camera that the only reason Janelle wants him is because of his biceps and his six pack abs and the money. Now, from what we've learned, Cody does not fucking work. Cody mentioned here he works in the evenings. And then I finally looked it up. What does Cody do? Cody sells firearms. Yeah, that was the last known job of Cody Brown. Now, Janelle has always worked. From day one of this show, when the kids were littler, Janelle was the worker bee. Christine, the third wife, would stay home and raise the kids. Christine is the one that has just left who was the painter lady. Yes, yes. So it's just all falling apart right in front of Cody. But the fact that he thinks Janelle only wants him for his looks, basically, because he is a hot man. Hot man. You know, there is sometimes when I look at people that delusional where I'm like, well, maybe that's the way to be because he truly believes these things about himself. And, you know, like... And he's just going through life thinking that he's like a hot piece of ass. And objectively but, speaking, he is not. But he thinks he is. And but think maybe about like, it. If you if you attracted four women, four mm-hmm. people who wanted to marry you and have babies with you, I think he has 18 children, maybe? 13. I was ask 18? I think maybe 13 to 18, somewhere around there. He is, he's living, he's delusional. But the sad part is, is Janelle... Misses him in bed. Like, that's oh, what God. she says. I know. And it's like, oh, Janelle, no, 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 no. You don't miss him. You don't. There's, it's so crazy. Like, I've worked on a couple of documentaries about, like, you know, controlling men and narcissistic behavior and love bombing. But those men are typically, like, weirdly charming. And from what I gather, this guy, <laughs> no, right? He's not charming at all. This episode, he also admitted that he, he prefers the younger kids because they ad- idolize him. Once they're older, they don't think he's that great because they he's a piece of shit. They can see through his crap. Correct. Yeah. So what has happened is Robin came in at the end of kind of this family because the other three wives' children have grown up. They're getting older. So there's only a few that are maybe in their teens. There's one that's maybe 10. Well, then Robin comes in and they have two kids and they're little. And the other ladies are like, I'm not fucking babysitting your kids. And Robin's like, hey, I moved into this family because I thought you would babysit my children and you can have Cody half the time. And they're like, 
we're done with Cody. Our kids are older. We don't want to babysit your kids. We're out. And she's fucking oh, pissed. Right. So is he going to take another wife? Oh, he he's all over the place. He's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. But then he's like, I don't know if I could do monogamy. Maybe I should leave all of them. So here's the other sad part. Janelle has no money, nothing in her name. The other mm. ladies have houses that Cody has bought with them somehow. I don't know how. I really don't know how. Don't ask me. But Janelle put all her money in this property. They were all going to build five houses on this huge property. Well, the property's leased. It's coming up. They don't have the money to buy the property. Janelle's lost. She's living in an apartment. All her money's gone. She has nothing. She's living in this tiny little apartment. And everybody else has these huge houses. It's very sad. That's very sad. And she has no, you uh, know, she's not legally married to him. So there's nothing binding. What a jerk this guy I, is. Oh, he's awful and amazing to watch at the same time. Yeah. I When I was looking for this episode, I was like, how many seasons are there of this? I had to scroll through so many. There's like, what, 15, 16 or something? Wow. Is there that many? I have no idea. Let's move on to New York. I'm so curious. I have not spoken to you since this new... Real Housewives of New York aired. What are your feelings about this show? So I am what I call a New York apologist in that I was so for this show and this revamp from the beginning. And I appear in random comments and start arguments with people over it. Like, give it a chance. Yeah, no duh. It's not Ramona. It's not Sonya because it's not the same show. And if you miss them, go watch the old seasons or watch the Luann, Sonya thing, whatever. So... I will say it definitely lately has been a little rough to watch, but I think the makings are there. And let's remember Salt Lake season one, I didn't know what was going on. It was not great. You have to give these shows their first season. Dubai also, the location is there, the people were there, but Dubai was kind of flat. But watch the second season, they're gonna be more comfortable. There's gonna be some shit that happens in between seasons. People need to stop declaring shows dead before they have a full season and a reunion. That annoys the crap out of me. I totally so I'm still supporting agree with it. that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I still support it, but I can acknowledge that it's a little tough, like this episode. Gina and I have constantly been saying, we fucking love it. It's very fun. They seem like they're semi-interesting friends. Um, mostly Jenna Lyons is interesting. We're very intrigued by her and her life. But mm -hmm. this episode was like, are we seriously talking about the same thing? The same instances, the same fights? It's like, oh my God, I can't anymore. It was too much. Yeah, so typically I will tell you, so when I did Orange County last season, the hardest section of that season was the vacation because you get back into this corner of, A, you have to show them physically doing things, so it's a vacation. B, somebody has to be, quote unquote, in charge of the relationship. Relationship, sorry. <laughs> someone has to be in charge of the vacation. Like, that's a requirement. So there needs to be someone who's, like, leading it. Who I don't even know who that is on this trip. I I, I don't even know. We, oh, Cy. Is it Cy? Actually, I have no idea. I, I actually, I can't remember either, but regardless, and then you have to show like they're there for say three days. You have to show those three days, but also if it's boring, you can't show the boring parts. So it's like, how do you make it feel like they were there for a while? So it is, it is hard to put vacations together. And I thought it was interesting that they, this Uba versus Aaron lingered 
It went on and on and on. And to me, it was a weird choice that they kept the duration of that fight. And that makes me feel like they had to fill this episode, which makes me nervous for what's ahead. Uh. Because typically, if there's good stuff on the other side of a trip, they'll be like, okay, let's find a way to shrink the trip a little bit. We did it in OC. Like, we chopped a big old section of that trip. Like, I want to say, like, a whole night or something. We just condensed everything. And we did it in service of the rest of the season to move the better stuff up. And they didn't do that here. So I'm a little nervous. Being you have that experience, it made Uba not come off very well because she was beating a dead horse. She just kept going in on Aaron. And then all the other ladies, are they all were piling on her. And they just showed that. Like, are we supposed to feel all this sympathy for Aaron? It's tough. I, I like Aaron the least. I wouldn't mind if she didn't come back season two for a lot of reasons. But I think there was something. It's It's like they all had valid points, but they're so nasty about it that it's hard to be on their side. I think Bryn... I think this was Sai's best episode. She was the most neutral. Definitely. I think Bryn, Bryn was really unlikable. She was going back and forth. She had these weird bites about Jessel being forgettable. It was mean. It was mean and random. Like, this isn't yeah. a storyline that we're dealing with. And then she had that weird bite about Jenna. She's like, oh, Jenna's not here. My future wife isn't in this fight. It's like, what was that? It was just so, like, forced. It was so and- forced with Bryn being attracted to... Um, Jenna, Jenna and flirting with Jenna and walking into and then, her room and saying, I'm so wet. It was like, enough. We get it. We get what you're trying to do here. It's not cute anymore. Well, to and to briefly jump ahead. So she was on Watch What Happens Live with that Bachelor guy, Tyler, whatever, who I don't understand the appeal personally. Tyler Cameron. I think he's, yeah, I think he's a, a doof. But he's, a, he's also on, on the, Special Forces. Oh, of course he is. So she, on the after show, because Andy was trying to set them up, she was being so over the top with her, like, coquettishness. And and it was so fake. And when Andy mentioned Sonia Morgan, she lost her shit. And she's like, I'm obsessed with her. And I was like, of course you are. And that's what you think you're doing. She's a fan. It all made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a fangirl. But back to the episode, typically, you know, when we would have our Bravo meetings, they're big on finding resolution. Because they know how boring it is when a fight drags on. So they would be like, however these girls can get to their resolution, like that should be encouraged. And you could feel the opposite happening here, where this is what it's like when they're not encouraged to have a resolution. It's boring. It becomes petty and silly. And now Uba looks bad. And I don't want her to look bad because I like her. Right. No, she does look bad. She looks like she just can't get over a stupid little fucking thing. It wasn't that big of a deal. It really wasn't. The phone thing, you kept forgetting your phone throughout the episode. I did think it was interesting and very realistic that Jessel has a list um, on her phone of grievances against the other ladies. I think that's kind of funny. It's it's the first thing I have in my notes. Like, I related to that so hard because I love a list and I keep track. And I, I know that's a terrible quality. I recognize it. But, you know... It's just important to remember. Um, it's actually very unhealthy and I don't recommend it. But I just, I just, I understood where Jessel was coming from there. And I, I like that part of her character because thus far she's been like kind of ditzy and unself-aware. Which, by the way, people were coming down on her for it. Isn't that what we like? We, we, we don't want them to be self-aware and whatever. Right. But for her to have the edge where she's like, no, I also keep track of who wrongs me. I was like, okay, I like this dimension to her. I like it. It's very unhealthy. In another mm-hmm. way, it gets it out because she's not going to say it out loud, but but right. she's keeping it for later, which I don't know if that's healthy, but I do I do appreciate that. I think it's interesting that Aaron said to Jenna, like, 
now I know how you feel when you arrived and everyone piled up on you. Now I know how you feel. And I wanted to be like, Aaron, you were the reason everyone piled up on her. Have you apologized to Jenna for being like a mean girl? No. Instead, you're like, oh, I feel the same way now. It's like, I'm glad that's your takeaway that now like you feel like the victim. But why don't you apologize to Jenna for betraying her trust and like setting everyone up to pounce on her? Erin is the gossip of the group, but she also, in a weird way, is the tie-in. But remember, Erin was also very good friends with the girl that got cut. And that's why it's a weird thing, because that was like her best friend. They still are friends. And that's what I think a lot of this issue comes from with initially with Bryn and now with Uba. There is some, they're angry at Erin or there's some underlying thing that they can't talk about. And so it's coming out uh, against Erin. And I think Erin picks on or initially picked on Jessel like again she's gonna next week at dinner she's gonna be like can you believe like she hasn't had sex with her husband and it's like just stop talking about her it's like move on yeah do something else let's move on to Salt Lake City I think Salt Lake is the crown jewel right now compared to the other shows on Bravo I think it's interesting just seeing Mary back now there's this rumor that Mary was supposed to be full-time but she was such a asshole and jerk and non-cooperative in Palm Springs that they made her a part-time and they should have she fucking sucks yeah I can um I can definitely confirm that that's from what I've heard that that's what happened and just from experience also participation is major if you're a housewife and I think she like to to sit out events and social and going to clubs and stuff multiple times you're 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 done. And when it comes to being a housewife also, it's all very fluid about who is a housewife who is friend of. It is not decided and that's it. You can easily if you don't deliver or you lie to production and cut off their them from filming in your home or filming with your family, you can get easily downgraded. It's all about what you're contributing. And she is so actively at first I was like it's so funny that she came back and seemed so inconvenienced to be on the show, but now she's actively not participating. And that's annoying. It's not funny anymore. So why come back? What is her thought process here? I imagine it's for money. Um, because She's rich. She She's seems... rich. Look at her house with all those bags and the clothes. I think there's a difference between like clutter and, you know, having a lot of like expensive, nice things. I think she kind of blurs the line. I do want to point out none of the women take her to task for being such an asshole. Like she snapped at Lisa and Lisa took it. And I watch what happens live. Whitney, Andy asked her about being called a bobblehead. And she's like, she's like, Mary's fabulous. She can do no wrong. And I'm just like, what does she have on all of you that you accept her? And even like, you notice that Whitney kind of snapped back at Mary this episode, but somehow between this episode and the end of the season, I guess they're fine because she's literally on watch what happens live saying she can do no wrong. I, I honestly don't understand what anybody finds remotely positive about Mary Cosby. She's so unlikable. She's not fun. She doesn't participate in anything. She wouldn't go outside to do the little games. It's part of the show. Just get out and do it. Yeah, she's she's not a team player. The other one who I think is an odd fit is Angie. I was really surprised that they made her a main cast Ugh. member. Ugh. And she just is so desperate. She's and so unlikable. What was that thing she wrote on her shirt? No no tricks, all game. Something stupid. Like she she just doesn't hit the mark the way she thinks she's hitting the mark. By the way, when she went to go get the 
<laughs> when she went to the guy at the front desk to get the pen. Oh, I know he what goes, you're he goes, oh, you got to make your own shirt. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was so great. Yeah, because it, it is so sad. great. Well, also, Meredith was like, and Meredith had a bite. She's like, glad you got your money's worth on your free trip. And I was like, it's free for all of you. What do you care? Nobody is paying for the, you're not paying for this trip. Like, But I do agree <sighs> that Angie Kay is another one who fucking sucks. She offers yeah. nothing. Oh, I just saw somebody post. It was a Halloween clip of Jen Shaw and Angie Kay doing like a video to, um, I can't believe it's, it's the uh, the wet ass pussy song. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so happy you just said that. <laughs> you could have just said WAP, but you really WAP. wanted to say. Oh God! Oh God! See, it is so fucking funny, but that's how close they were. I think that makes sense because Angie just seems oblivious to everything and is like willing to turn a blind eye. Um, but she's just her energy is so heavy. Oh uh, yes, she's just not she's just not a whole lot of fun. But she thinks she's fun, just like Erin on New York thinks she's like cute and clever and interesting, and she's just like wah wah. No, you're right. It, there is a heaviness to their air. Yes, exactly. So I I don't love her, um, Meredith. I thought Whitney's point that Meredith invents like these traumatic things to get out of stuff. I was like, oh my God, Whitney, you have nailed it. She hit it right on. It's probably really real things that are going on, but she Mm -hmm. just makes them seem more important than they actually are to get out of explaining that you don't want to deal with what's in front of you. The way she, towards the end, stormed away when... Now, listen, in her defense, Whitney really went the long way to bring up the grandson or whatever. Like if it was really forced, which is what that's what Whitney does. But Meredith's reaction felt like bad acting. Like the <laughs> the the manic pointing yeah. and like, how dare you? How dare you? And she just storms away. And she didn't really storm away. She walked very slowly away for somebody who was that angry. Well Meredith doesn't do anything fast. She talks slow. She moves yeah. slow. Yeah. We gotta talk about Lisa and her blow up I mean she definitely felt a certain way about dressing in drag and not being able to use her glam she doesn't go anywhere in public without her glam she uses them every single day I, mm-hmm. that was an uncomfortable scene for me it was and it wasn't just like oh I want to look fabulous it was like some sort of childhood insecurity that that ran real deep it did and it kept going and the way they showed it was like producers were coming in And she kept going on and on and I pay all this money for my glam and it's not just here. It's every single day I use them. And then they did her dirty. Oh, Rit. When they showed that picture. Listen, I think even that picture, she looks fucking her age. She looks fine to me. But the way they did that was just bad. They did not have to show that. Well, yeah, I think they were pretty annoyed at how she kind of held it all up and was being difficult and... They were like, well, I mean, she's definitely very orange all the time. And so, like, yes, you get glam every day, but I wouldn't say that your glam is, like, necessarily good. (laughs) It's, like, really a heavy hand. I think I was more surprised with, I just, I just didn't think that they would not participate in the activity, in the drag competition. I think part of drag is willing to look a little silly and i think you have to look the core tenet right is do you have a sense of humor about yourself 
And it was just a very clear line who did and who didn't. And none of it was a surprise because, of course, Meredith doesn't have a sense of humor. Of course, Lisa doesn't have a sense of humor. But did Angie? Oh, she did the green hair. Oh, God. Angie looked awful. But I thought Monica was funny because she even did the eyebrows that were just so over the top. I just. Monica's great. It's like participate. And even though they made it seem like Whitney took over the evening, like, you guys fucking suck. I'm going to make this fun. That wasn't just a random fucking night. Obviously, they knew that was going to happen. But for them to come out at the end, Mary, Meredith, and Lisa just coming out looking like themselves and maybe some sparkly eyeshadow, that was just so stupid. Well, and then Meredith's defense, she's like, well, maybe that was her. Everyone interprets drag differently. And it's like, Meredith... She did not think she was doing drag. She literally she just knew she wasn't makeup. doing it. It would just everyone's stupid. entitled to. Oh God, Meredith is just with that husband who I cannot stand. I don't know. It's like I go back and forth. I'm like, is she necessary? Yes, because every season she gives us a handful of really weird, not human behavior moments. That's so true. And then in between, she's like annoying and insufferable. But look, now we have her like. So he's like the husband. Like we have that whole thing from last week that was priceless. Every end of episode, Meredith says something that makes us want to watch the next episode. It's true. So I guess I guess she can stay. I'll allow it. All right. I just don't understand Mary coming back. I don't like she has some funny little, like you said, sound bites where they, you know, drove her to McDonald's and got all that shit. And producers don't follow Mary's whim. Fuck her. If she doesn't want to go in and get food with the ladies, she can sit in the fucking van. Don't get her McDonald's. When they came back, they were like, oh, you went to McDonald's? Like, I love Salt Lake because they're a McDonald's crew. They're not going to be, like, snooty about going exactly. to McDonald's. Okay, let's yeah. move on to Southern Charm. We are kind of a week behind on Southern Charm. So Southern Charm, they are sticking with the storyline of Taylor and Shep, and then they had the boys' night out. What it, tell me your thoughts about all this. Do you think they My slept together, is, kissed, what? I think they totally slept together. I think it's the only story we have this season because that guys' night was the bulk of the episode. I don't think, I don't even know what other stories they're even planting the seeds for. And Taylor, who last season I wanted to rally behind so much, so far I don't like her this season. She threw out that random page thing, her pitch to Leva with that alcoholic drink. I was like, oh, have you like never worked a day? Like there's oh, something about so her where sad. she's like, it's just sad. It's so, I don't know. She's starting to become a bit of like, a bit unlikable. And the show, they have a hundred people on the show because they're looking for story wherever they can get it. Oh, and I think they just you're right. don't have it. So yeah. we find out that Shep and her sleep together maybe in the upcoming episodes. Yeah. I think that her and Austin definitely slept together. We know because Craig can't keep a straight face and he talks around it, but he gets there. I don't know if I like this new guy, JT. I'm just not sure about him yet. I don't. I I, he's fine. I didn't know why he was there until he spilled the thing about the overnight, which is exactly what happened with Rachel and Tom. If you remember, there was a casual overnight. So where there's smoke, there's fire, especially with someone like Austin. So... Um, and you know, I like how I like their their gay friend, and I like how this JT guy talked to him. I thought he seemed cool. You never know yeah. in the South, like no, you but don't. He yeah, yeah, like yeah. He was being really friendly. Yeah. What about the new friend Rod, who Olivia meets in the park and they kiss? Olivia is so boring to me. Yes. She doesn't register. I unfortunately like she seems like a nice girl, but she doesn't she doesn't have the personality for for TV. So I, I don't know. Also, I kind of tuned it out. In my mind, Olivia was like kind of smarter and I put her on this. I don't know why. Just like, oh, 
but I feel like she's just not she's not very smart you did it because she was next to Austin just yeah, like right. the way just like the way um Taylor was next to Shep <laughs> so she looked like oh my know, god like you're that. right and now she's next to Rod who I think is cute and he seems rather likable and I like him more than yeah. her and I barely know him there you go that's all I got, though. There's not yeah. much to say about Southern No, Charm. no. I did think, watch what happens live last week. Madison and Craig were on. And I think it's a very funny situation when Madison and Craig are getting along. And they're like BFFs in this group. And Craig likes Madison's husband. They seem like an odd match, but I guess he has money. He has investments. Even Andy said, how does a firefighter have so much money? And he's like, investments? <laughs> yeah, I think Craig and Madison, like, they don't, there's never a chance of them hooking up. And they both are kind of the same. Like, they're a little messy. I think there's, I, I agree with you. I actually like their their bond because they're, they're like, not a threat to each other. Like, he's Agreed. too lazy to, like, mess with her life. And yeah. he's never going to get involved with her romantically. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they're, they, like, backed into each other in this cast. And we're like, oh, okay, you're cool. Because everyone else is hooked up with each other. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. This is the show I want to discuss the most with you because you worked on it last season. Real Housewives of Orange County. I am dying to pick your brain because this season, these ladies really come after Heather. Yeah. Listen, I I mean, my season, if people recall, it was the Noella, Dr. Jen season last season and also Heather's return. So that was a big thing that everyone was really excited about. And I think Heather got really snowed by all of the shit Noella threw her way. <laughs> so she was kind of busy putting out that fire. And so I think this season to see everyone go after Heather, I have to say, weirdly, it's brought out a much more likable side to Heather because she's actually like playing the game and she's playing in the dirt a little bit with them. What was tough for me in my season is Heather didn't want to get her hands dirty and I never worked with her directly. So, by the way, this is all just my opinion, not the opinion of Bravo or the company I worked for. Purely my thing. If it were me, I would tell Heather, there is nothing you can do at this point that anybody would look at you and think that you're trashy or whatever. So just have roll up your sleeves and just get involved a little bit. And people will like you much more for it. And I think they wore her down so much this season that it brought out a side of her that I thought was kind of like a little more vulnerable and relatable and so I think this was a weirdly a better season for Heather I think that Tamara coming back and having this thing against Heather like she seemed so angry at Heather and so set on having everybody else be angry at Heather and be annoyed by Heather that it made Tamara look bad and Tamara was talking before we the season even came out and they were filming she was acting like oh wait till you see what happens because Somebody isn't who they think they are and stuff like that. I think Tamara thought that we would all be on her side in taking down Heather. I wasn't. I'm not a person who hates Heather or loves Heather. I think she's good for the show. She has real wealth that I'm interested in. She comes off classy. I think she probably is better served on maybe a Beverly Hills. I think those are her people more than the OC ladies are her people. None of these ladies are her real friends. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the problem with Tamara is that she's not really loyal to anyone and she just kind of goes wherever the opportunity to create story is, which is helpful when you're trying to kind of jumpstart a show like OC. So it was good because it created story, but I always feel weird about the argument of like, 
well, whatever, there'd be no story if it wasn't for Tamara. And it's like, I know, but so much of it feels mean-spirited, especially towards Jen, and really fake. And so it makes the show feel a little cheap. Like I, these aren't I totally agree. I go I go back and forth about her contribution, but it's just she the problem with her is you don't know who she's going to go after. It's never for any real reason. It's all kind of made up. So that's not fun or interesting for me. But I will say about this episode, Gina, the thing about Gina, this event, this like big party was hers. And yet it didn't feel like it was hers. She didn't feel like she was in charge. There was no ownership. Gina just can never quite get in the saddle and take the lead in the (laughs) way I kind of want her to. Yeah, I think Gina creates stories, creates moments because she's honest. I also think she's a person that this season she's sober and she's the same, drunk or sober. But she maybe was way messier like visually when she was drinking. (laughs) But I think she is the same She's not like a fake person. I believe Gina is who she is. She's not trying to create anything. She just is. I agree with that. I think her thing with Heather, and I did get sick of this line this season where everyone is like, look, I value our friendship. Emily said it to Shannon. Uh, Gina said it to Heather. It's like, you don't really, you guys aren't really friends. Like, I'm so sick of this pretending like I value our friendship. I don't think that's true. I think it's interesting that Gina and Heather weren't as tight this season because my season genuinely they had a real affection between the two of them and I don't know what changed necessarily why Gina sort of it's it felt like Gina kind of lost interest maybe but but, I think Gina lost interest because Heather lost interest in her project I still felt like Heather considered Gina a project yeah I can see that and I think it was interesting also on, on this episode that we saw Jen kind of go up to Heather like you don't talk to me ever. And I was like, wait a minute, that is so true. I actually don't remember the two of them ever having a conversation. I mean, Taylor had the same complaint, but they had their IMDb fallout, which that was so funny to me. And that such was a callback so to funny. A, like Gretchen and Alexis and all of that petty, petty nonsense is so fun to watch. Yeah. But it's true. Heather never really bothered with Jen. And maybe she was like, oh, Jen's situation is so complicated. That's too day class A for me. Like there was, I think, some snobbery in that. Oh, I think so. Do you like Jen as a housewife? I think she had to spend so much time defending herself or defending herself, as Tamara says, (laughs) that she didn't have time to really stand in her own, like in her own light or whatever. But I think she seems like a really nice person. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I don't know if she's good for the housewives. I think it was awful the way Tamara dug into her. All of that whole thing made Tamara look so bad and petty. Mind your own fucking business, Tamara. Yeah. It's not your relationship. Who cares? And I think, I'm not sure if it's like the work Jen has gotten, but she seems very scared all the time. Like she just presents like she's a little nervous. Yeah. And maybe it's because she's worried about what's going to come out next. But I I thought her, to, I found her to be really sweet and kind of soft, but not as sort of like bold and alpha as I was hoping for. Right. No, not at all. I never, yeah. I never had an expectation of her, but usually somebody coming in is that. But they had Tamara come back for that. The whole bringing Tamara back, she's just so fucking messy. And it's so clear here. And it's like, I came back to do my job. Look what I did. But it was just mean. Nothing about it was, quote, honest. She's bringing up shit. I believe that she's the one who said shit about um, Emily and Gina. I don't believe that Heather was saying that Emily and Gina 
were uh would she what was the claim that losers losers i do believe she was talking about your people from last season yeah noelle and jen were fucking losers <laughs> yeah. I had so much hope for Noella. I, so the reason I did Orange County, I had done Vanderpump Dogs for the same company. I had just finished it and I was off. I was home in New York visiting my parents. And then I saw the announcement. I had always said, I'm never going to do a Housewives. It seems like too much work and really stressful. But then I saw the announcement that um, that Noella was the first black OC housewife and that Heather was coming back. And I was like, if I'm ever going to do a housewife season... It would be at this company, which I love working at Evolution. So that was exciting. But also like Heather coming back, plus some diversity in the cast. So I was all in. And then once that um, James, that husband stuff came out Ugh. with Noella and the divorce, which organically came out for us too. Like we didn't see it coming. I think she sort of just lost control. And the thing I noticed with Noella in, in you know, there were some scenes where like, Everyone is who they are, who you see on the show. But there were moments where Noella would pick fights and she'd but then she'd be like, really, Gina, I don't want to do this right now. Let's let's not do this here. Let's do this later. And Gina's like she Gina said to her, I think you think that this is some like alternate reality. <laughs> like this is real life. Like if you're going to bring up a subject, let's discuss it here right now. And I think that's that was Noella's mistake is she thought she had to put on a performance mm. when the cameras were up. Mm. Otherwise, like her interview bites were so good. She's like really sharp and witty and good energy. Oh, it's like missed opportunity. Just, just didn't work. Yeah. Um, so the Dr. Uh, Jen was just yeah. The reunion. <laughs> what are we discussing at the reunion? I, I don't understand. We're discussing. We're discussing the amazing set, that view uh. they came up with, that like 360 <laughs> thing. Did you see that? I did not. Okay. It is like a screen that's like all around them and it and it's a view of Orange County, but it's like, it looks lifelike. It's crazy. Very cool. And Andy, and Andy like turns it on for them and they're like, whoa. Yeah. It's honestly pretty cool. Ooh, I was very impressed. Okay. So, yeah. so we'll yeah. discuss that at the reunion. That sounds fantastic. So that's it. Yeah, of course, it'll be like, Tamara, what was it like coming back? And then Heather, how did you feel about Tamara coming back? I've written so many reviews for, not reviews, reunions for the Bad Girls Club. Mm. Like I've written, like those scripts are like 20, 30, 40 pages. So I can like predict the flow of how it's going to go. And I feel like they have two episodes, you know, especially because it's before Shannon's thing. Right. The DUI. It was like the weekend after they found it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Also, something we didn't discuss was, did you see John Jansen's son was arrested for vandalism? When? No, I didn't see Right, like days ago. So here Shannon had this whole thing, and now his son was arrested for vandalism. Weird. What is that? And and he doesn't, that son doesn't like Shannon, right? I don't know anything about that whole family dynamic From because what I recall, the, they were all fighting at some point. Yeah, I think the kids don't like Shannon. She's not allowed to sleep at his house, which, you know, makes you wonder, like, what did Shannon do to upset these children? And I think we can kind of put it together. Like, she's probably always fighting with John. I don't know. It's, well, it's like, not a healthy it, relationship. They see it. Well, Rit, yeah. I so appreciate you coming on this week's podcast, filling in for Gina. I believe we have you set for next week, too, because Gina does come back like Wednesday, but she's not going to have time to watch anything. I would love to. Let's see if there's any listener backlash and then we can yeah, revisit. If, people, if, we, if we get negative reviews, then maybe I'll have to uh, call an audible. 
Is that what they talk? Is that enough, what they say know? in sports? I'm going to call an audible. No. You're asking me what they say in sports. <laughs> We're literally here to talk about every Bravo show, and you're asking me about sports. Know my audience. <laughs> yeah. Thank exactly. you again. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Okay, you got it. Welcome, Dan. Sitting in for Gina this evening. Hello. So we are fresh off of watching Gary the Golden Bachelor. This is a cold opening. What does that mean? It means uh, it just happened and we have to, yeah. It's I, don't a cold think that's, I don't think that's what a cold <laughs> opening means. On, on SNL, that's what they do. When they have a, a new news story, they do a cold opening. Within five minutes, they just make it happen. You've never oh. heard of a cold opening before? I I don't know, but I don't feel like that's what this is because we okay, just watched the not, show. I, wrong. Maybe wrong just wave. maybe just it's like I said, <laughs> fresh off watching The Golden Bachelor. But you never do it like we this. We never do it like so this. So this is but a brand new is, experience. Yes, it's um 9:30 at night. We just finished and we're going to be watching Bachelor in Paradise next and review that right after also because I want to get this podcast out tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Gary, the Golden Bachelor. What are your first thoughts? How are you feeling about Gary? I like Gary. I like him a lot. I think he's uh, he's a perfect initial Golden Bachelor. I'm like the women. I love his eyes. They just they just talk to me. Hmm. Don't you feel? I mean, his eyes are amazing. And he did say hmm. that when he was he was talking to um, Jesse that some of the women they would smile, but when their smile goes up to their eyes. That's when it really happens. He's really into that. He's very wise, Jerry. It's Gary, right? Gary. Gary. <laughs> you know why? But it's, it's spelled. It's spelled Jerry. Jerry. It's spelled G. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's very annoying. Yeah. It's what a weird something place. that that's called that Gary doesn't know is it's called a smize when you smile with your eyes. <laughs> wow, I've never heard that that's, before. Uh, I, Tyra Banks coin that phrase it's definitely a smize so he smizes a lot in the He's opening amazing. he had the hearing aids the cat stevens Loved uh it. we had a little bet going when would the first talking about pickleball be said and i said first it would be within the first five women that got out and then you said i think first five minutes five, ten minutes it was like three minutes it was the second pickleball. lady in three minutes yes but, you know, I have to say, after that, there wasn't much pickleball. Time. No, there wasn't. So it was just that one one moment in time. This was an hour show, which I think was perfect. Yes. First night is always overwhelming. Uh, we saw Matt James' mom mm. come out. Not Very a lot of airtime. Under, underwhelming, Matt James' mom. You mean just in what nah, she just... <laughs> well, we didn't even get to see her. Uh, we had the unexpected guest of Chippy, who's 84, who's Jimmy Kimmel's aunt. Oh, she's funny. Chippy just basically slept on the couch the whole time, but she was funny. From 60 to 84. 60 was, there's a couple 60s and 84, but really the oldest one was 70, 76, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a nice assortment. It's hard to tell this first night. A lot of the ladies kind of look the same to me. A little bit. I love the dancing. I yeah, think the I like dancing the day, little dance fantastic. party. Do they ever do that the first night in the regular, the no. young, young Bachelor? Never. This I've, was well, fantastic. I've never seen it. They're always trying to outdo each other on the regular Bachelor. Yes. So these seem like a lovely, nice group of ladies. There was the one kind of quirky chicken lady. She's a little, yeah, she's a little goofy, but, that, but that's fine. Yeah, she was good. She had a chicken. That was April. She had the chicken farm and she did the chicken song. Well, obviously the most he was impressed with was Faith. She's 61, so she's a good 10, 11 years younger. 
came up on the motorcycle, very cool, guitar in hand, sang him a song. He was like mesmerized with her. He was staring into her eyes while she was singing. But when we were watching it, you said that she has a kind of a natural beauty. Yeah. There's something about her. And uh, I think you're right. She's amazing. She seems really, really amazing. The other thing about this, the impression was there's no, there's very few egos in this. You know, people are older. There's not egos like the other. Right. The but that's pastor. almost what makes it harder for me. The ending when he's sending people home. I, I felt. I could give a uh, shit. It doesn't bug me at all. It, what are you it, afraid? The old people are going to pass out they've been through yeah. much more they can by handle, the way they're not that old they've handled death they've handled all this stuff they can handle being you don't think feelings off a show you don't think feelings can you, be it's, hurt it's much worse when you're 23 and a half why and doing that absolutely they don't i know totally how to disagree it. with that the what? fact that they made it here the fact that they could walk oh, and God. get up to the oh, show God. i don't you wait who cares about no, them i'm hurting i'm people? a woman of a certain age and i'm telling you that when you're when you're up there with a bunch of beautiful ladies and you're the one going home, you're going to feel like shit. Boom. It's hard to put yourself out there like this. When you're young and free, you're like, fuck that, whatever, I don't care. When you're ladies of a certain age looking for the right person, there's not as many men out there as there were when you were younger. True that. Oh, God. No, they're absolutely. Did you see these women crying? No. The, the three or four women that went home were just fine. They have no tears left. Gary Gary cried no enough for the rest of yeah. Gary's a little bit of a crier. We see that in the upcoming attractions. I think um, he was very emotional. I don't know. I think he's uh, he's going to be great. Okay, we'll see. He, we see in the previews he has a hard time. He says he's going home. He says he falls in love with more than one woman. He says one of the nights it was the hardest night since his wife died. So there's going to be lots of emotions happening. How about the one lady, Susan? Um, I don't know if any of you watch golf, but she looked like Julie Inkster. Right, she was really tall. That in. Stop. No. All right, that's enough. Okay, we're going to go on to watch. We're going to we're going to go on to watch Bachelor in Paradise. What? Who do you think at this point? Who would you? Faith. Faith. Okay. Faith and April and maybe. I don't even know other. who April is. Your your notes are too extensive. I don't know who the ladies extensive. are. Okay, we'll be okay. back in a little bit to talk about the Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, quick, quick back. Um, it's now what time? Almost eleven o'clock. Ten forty or something. Yeah, we're not going to finish Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, we're going to finish probably tonight, but we're already caught up, and we still have a half hour to go. And I don't want to tape at okay. eleven. So, what are, you, what are your impressions of Bachelor in Paradise so far? Why are you asking me? Because I don't really <laughs> just have much. Because <laughs> I was just making a salad. <laughs> Um, I mean, I love Bachelor in Paradise. I'm very excited. I'm very happy. I don't know who some of these people are, even though they say what season they're from. Kylie seems to be a hot commodity. I sort of remember her when she got sent home from Zach's season, but mm-hmm. not really. But geez, like three or four of the guys like her. So mm-hmm. yeah, good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. That's good what I'll vibes. say. That's yeah. what uh, yeah. Ken said. Or yeah. Riley. Or whatever his name is. Sean. His name's Sean. Sean. Who thinks he looks like Ken. I don't. But it's kind of weird that Rachel's there. The Bachelorette. Yeah, she seems uh, like a fish out of water. Why? Because she just... She, look at her. She's looking up and down. I, I, she just... She shouldn't be there. That's it's not. Ridiculous. It's not right for a, a bachelor. Yeah, she's stooping down low. Well, uh, what's her name? Becca went last year and found her husband now. And they're having a baby. They just had a baby. 
Well, so untrue. Okay. Let's see what happens. Rachel looks out of like out of her element. All right. Well, we're done for the evening. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> this was such a great idea. <laughs> no, I know. We can't finish. It's too late. I bit off more than I can chew to try to talk about both these shows tonight. So it's good. I love Bachelor in Paradise. I'm really happy. We went there twice. We've been on vacation there. Yes. It's very cool to great. see the place. Um, and then Wells just came on the beach. So let's go back and finish Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. Thank you for joining me, Dan. Yes. There is nothing like a dame, nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like a dame.